Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Joanna Bucknell and you are listening to an extra sode of Tate, that's T-A-I-T, which is short for Talking About Immersive Theatre. In fact, you're actually listening to the first ever extra sode of Tate, which is very exciting. Um, I know people normally call these minisodes, but turns out not so many. So I've decided to call them extra sodes and I'm hoping this is going to be the first of many. So here is some extra content. Enjoy. So I am here at the Tate slash Vertical Exchange Performance Collective Homestead um, or Our common... house. Our house. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... AKA your house. My house. More specifically, we are sat in my snug. <laughs> <laughs> Front room for everyone else. Jeepers creepers. <laughs> And I am with Kirsty Mills and Nigel Tuttle. Apparently not in my house, though. (laughs) (laughs) I always do that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We are in Joe and Nigel's house right now. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I I live here too. Yes, you do. (laughs) So, yes, I'm here with Kirsty, Nigel, uh, Castiel Isambard and Zachariah Derrida. Those are dogs for everybody else. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Sorry. On, and this is an extremely momentous occasion because it's a rare, rare moment when all three of the collective of Vex are in the, in the room? same room. Ever? How often does it happen? Very rarely. During some sort of cosmic equinox when it, all the planets are aligned, at some point we get into the same room. Indeed. Yeah. And you know, we did we did go very middle class and we all went on holiday. Oh, we went on a holiday. Yeah, we did go on a holiday. So we went all middle class and we rented a house and we went on holiday to Cornwall. Yes, that's true. We didn't do any work, but we went on holiday. No, we didn't do any work. But this was before we started, uh, I started Tate for sure, but it's nowhere near before we started Vex. Yeah, no, well Vex is, how old is Vex now? Officially 2005 was the beginning. Oh, well that's not where it started though. That's That's not where it started. That's got to be 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was to capture it um, for two reasons, really. Um, Firstly, because I thought it might be interesting for you to hear us in discussion and conversation. So this is not an interview. This is not an interview. It's a chat and a much more informal kind of process than usual episodes. And that's because it is a minisode and it is the first ever minisode. So this is very exciting. This is a prototype. It is a prototype. Mm -hmm. And secondly, because we actually have a show coming up and I thought it seemed we're all together, which never happens. It's the ideal opportunity to capture us in discussion and also capture us literally in the middle of running around like blue ass flies to get a show ready for the end of this month, which is going on in London. 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 My own town. So you're coming down to London. Yes. Where you're ne- you never you never come to London. Well, you do. I do all the time. But I never see you ever. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. I live in London, so which is why we never see each other. Um, Indeed. But yeah, so it's going to be somewhere near London Bridge. Indeed, the in ne- the Collab Factory. Yeah. I think that's what it's currently called. I know that's it's what it's called on the website. Oh, so. brilliant! That's fine then. We're in, going to be in the Collab Factory, yeah. which is near London Bridge, but it is a secret location, um, only revealed once you buy tickets to one thing or another that might be 
on there. Yeah. And of course, once that secret's revealed, you'll always know where the Cola factory is. You can't. <laughs> we don't give you a pill as you leave that will or flash a little. Oh yeah, like Men in Black. Or yeah. do we? Ah. <laughs> No, we don't. We do not give any <laughs> no, kind of weird drugs We do not ways. drug audience members or erase their memories as no, they leave. No, we don't have that technology as of yet. Yet. I <laughs> <laughs> no need to be sinister about it. <laughs> Sorry. I always seem to either take things to, to a strange place or a sinister place. It but just is one of those things. This is at the end of this month, though. Mm. So, I mean, we've literally got, what, less than three weeks to put the show together at this point? Yes. Okay. So yes. We're building sets in three weeks. Yeah, we yeah. are going to be madly building, stitching, gluing, papier ma- papier mache. Are we using papier mache? Uh, um, maybe. Wait, is it papier mache? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you made me say it wrong. <laughs> papier mache. Basically, we're going to be artsy, craftsy, building, and um, because a lot of the, cr- the well, the creative work is is fairly fixed down for now, so yeah. it's all good. So yes, we basically we are together, and we thought we would capture us in discussion as Vertical Exchange Performance Collective because last time Nigel just interviewed me, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't very have... well. I should have. Yes, I very well. <laughs> I love that episode. Yeah, it's good. and we didn't have Kirsty with us, so this is a chance to kind of have us all here and all talk about our work and our processes and what it is that we do. So hopefully that's going to be interesting for you, but also to give you um, a little bit of a heads up about the show, which is going to be hopefully going on sale at the beginning of next week so uh, uh, not tomorrow but the next day <laughs> i think you'll find i'll probably put this out <clears throat> when it ever the tickets go the tickets live, go live. Okay. i think yeah. i shall be all, all clever like that indeed uh so i should probably give a, a quick um title of the name of the show so i'm going to tell you the name of the show but i'm not going to tell you anything else about it yet and then we're going to sort of talk about ourselves and then come back to it so the show is called all cried out and um, I'm going to talk a bit more about that. We're going to talk a bit more about that as we kind of move along. But no spoilers. No spoilers, though. No. 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 You know, because that's super important. Indeed. So I think the best way to start is to talk about, well, really how Vex came about, who we are, and I suppose what we all bring to this room. <laughs> to this room particularly. <laughs> Well, to this room, I've brought a blanket because it's cold. Yes, so. it is. It's always yes. cold in my house. I don't like to put the heating on. Not in my house, though. My house is warm. <laughs> Our house. Nigel's house. Our house. house. always warm. Yes, this is true. <laughs> well, actually, Nigel and I have been um, partners in life and partners in crime for 17 years now. Yes, we have. Yeah, still I can't seem to say our house. No, that's because <laughs> you uh, have taken far too much ownership over everything. Actually, I'm <clears> gonna <throat> I'm gonna just say I keep having to move places by myself first and then Nigel tends to end up joining me in about six months or a year or two years in this case. <laughs> well it's because you're a nomad. Yeah. You're like this, you know, it, to be honest, you spent the majority of the last seventeen years moving from place to place. Yes. So it's not I mean how <clears throat> Collectively, you've probably only lived together for about a year. <laughs> it's, more, it's slightly more. It's slightly more than that now, but yeah, you're right. And so that—that's why, because it was my just my house initially, because it was just me here with the dogs Look, and you, all my stuff. You can, and all your stuff. You yeah. can try to explain it as much as you like, <clears throat> but we all just know you're insensitive. Let's just, just underline that. Indeed. Like you can cover it up, but you can't cover it up. Is what I'm saying to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I've known uh, Kirsty. But it must be getting on for twenty years. Yeah, almost twenty years now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 
Yes, and we were we were most definitely partners in crime. <laughs> like, we were. Yeah, no, we were we were. Um, we I'll, met when we were uh, teenagers, late yeah. late teens. Yeah, late teens. Yeah, late I was teens. eighteen. That would make sense for nearly twenty years. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how old we are. I haven't said how old I am. I'm not saying how old I am either. By the way. <laughs> You know, well, we met, um, I was 18, and... I must have been 19. You were almost 20. Yeah. Almost 20. Yeah. So That would be 19, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both studying uh, in a little tiny place called Stanford. Uh, we were at college. And for anyone who's listening outside of the UK, not university... Yeah, not Stanford using, you know, the Ivy League but... college in America, no. no um... Oh, you shouldn't have left that disclaimer out. That, that would sound way more impressive <laughs> we met than we're a small we met college we're both in Lincolnshire. Yeah. Yeah. It's Lincolnshire, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah it's Lincolnshire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you were studying... Uh, special effects makeup. Yeah, and I so was practical effects and doing my A levels at that point. And I'm slightly younger, so I was at school at this point. Shush! <laughs> Shush! <laughs> you child! <laughs> no, Nigel's a child. That's right. <laughs> Nigel's a baby effects. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No. And so we've all been uh, kind of involved in each other's life and in each other's, and it's always been, especially for Kirsty and I, it's always been about. Our relationship has always been creative. Yeah, yeah. And has always been collaborative. And strangely, has always been about mutual research. Yeah. Weirdly, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Because at that time, we were both exploring very similar ideas. <clears throat> and yeah. in meeting each other, we found, like, literally a partner in, in research. Because yeah. there were very few people where we were at the time that were interested in these things. Yes. Um, and when I say these things, I mean performance specifically yeah we didn't know that at that point that i mean it's hilarious beyond it now we know we were working in kind of performance performance art kind of working with these ideas of play liminality yes we didn't know that at the time yeah we had no idea what we were actually doing but we were stumbling towards this idea of you know creating experiences that were hard to recreate yeah you know we both had interesting experiences separately separately yeah um you know in the past and you know I was, and in some ways as well, it was, it was always been with us about documenting, about capturing, about explaining. creating agency, explaining intimacy, yeah, and all of those things. How do you convey certain things to other people? Yeah, how do you how do you share those experiences with other people? And that was it. That was what it was about. And and literally, I'd say less than less than a week after we'd met, we were already writing together. Yeah, yeah. So it was like. Yeah, it was kind of meant to be, really, wasn't it? And interestingly as well, we're both crafters, so we both oh, yeah. kind of make stuff. And we've yeah, always we kind things. of made things. Mm. And we're both kind of unusual in that respect. So we tend to learn a technique and then apply it in a context where it's... it's... <laughs> we kind of learn the way to do something and then just do whatever we need to do or want to do with it rather than kind of the standard things. I know what you're getting at. What we, yeah. what we, do, <laughs> what we do is we know what we want to achieve... And yep. then we learn everything we need to do in order to, to make it happen. That's yes. what we do. Yeah. Because neither of us are particularly afraid of getting our hands dirty. Yeah. And neither is Nigel. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, I'm fairly afraid of dirt. 
<laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. Kirsty right. and I are crafty and artsy and have had art training in that way, but Nigel comes from a very... Well, I haven't had art training. ...different place. We have had some, because of all the Make- makeup. makeup. Yeah, is, makeup is... training. Yes, but I'm not... I haven't had art training. We didn't go to an arts college. Let me just put it... No, no. You know, we have... But you did do you went an A-level... You went to a college with an artistic kind of steer, but it was not yeah. an arts college. No, because th- this is the thing... We did an A-level in photography, which yeah. is, cons- is part of the canon well, of art. There. Was it? No, no, you that did that one. That was at High Trees. High Trees, yeah. Yeah, that was at High Trees. Oh my god, this <laughs> sounds very complicated right now. Yeah, but Nigel is creative in terms of he's you know what you you tell us. <laughs> um, I'm I'm less live arty than yeah. either of you. My drawing skills, my drawing skills are coming on. I can I can almost draw things now because I'm um, I'm studying to do uh, design engineering so. I can make products. So I like making things. So I end up doing a lot of making of sets. And um, I like sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More straightforward narrative stories. I like narrative stories. Yeah. I like, you know. So I, I do a lot of that kind of thing as well. So You're solution-minded, right? A problem yeah. solver, yeah. I do, yeah. I do a lot of problem solving. Absolutely. So. Where that is that is not really what you do, Joe. No. Well, often, and our fridge is really good. No, you test. do problem creating. I do. <laughs> And you do problem solving, and it's perfect. That's why yeah. you're perfect for each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, our fridge is a perfect solution for this. There's some crazy ass drawings all over our fridge, <laughs> like really weird little drawings on the bottom of recipes and things. But I tend to go to Nigel, I draw something very roughly, and say, "I really want this, but how how do I get that?" <laughs> Nigel then goes, "Okay," and then he takes his measuring tools and all of those things, and comes up with solutions and tries to find ways to enable some of those things to happen and like the model set I'd never worked in that way before for our needful things yes. when you made the <clears> set do you want to talk a bit about that I, I mean I can do I mean we <clears> were <throat> offered the opportunity to do um, something for uh, Outreach uh, yeah Jenny Festival, Jenny, International. Jenny Festival International in Portsmouth and the idea was to make a performance basically in a container and we were given the slightly problematic time constraint of about a week. Not a Tupperware box container, but a shipping Sorry, yeah, a shipping container. Shipping container yeah. <laughs> yeah. A shipping container. So yeah. the only way to do that was to obviously make a scale uh, model of the container and everything that goes in it, because otherwise you're never going to be able to work it out. No, so, but, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, was it, was, problem it was like a ridiculously short amount of time, wasn't it? I mean, three days. Yeah. No, no, it was a week. A week, sorry. A so week. you had a week to put the whole thing together. Concept yeah. of yeah. being finished. Concept of being And it was, it, it was kind of like... You know, it was one-on-ones. We only saw about... No, we saw 12 people 12 in the people, end, I think, yeah. hmm. in a few hours. But it's so. interesting what you just said, because you said the only way to approach that is to kind of visualise in that space, where it is to make the space. And you made even all the little blocks, you made all our set to scale and everything so that we could move and manoeuvre stuff around. Mm-hmm. But that is not the way... I would have come at that in terms of visualisation, yeah, but, but that absolutely helped me so much. But it's no, so interesting you said that's the only way. But this I is hilarious because you because you are so untraditional, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so weird because you're a scholar, yeah. you are an authority, but Nigel is a traditional prototypist. That's how you would do it in traditional theatre. Absolutely. And, you know, me and you, Nigel, were not formally trained in any of this. No. So it's it's something that we're, we're self-taught in it. Yeah. I mean, really, you are as well, Joe, because yeah, there, yeah. There, there, there aren't many authorities in your field. <clears throat> you know, of course, there are giants, but you yeah, know, there aren't course. many authorities. So really, we're all kind of stumbling our way around this, but we've actually found that we're actually quite good at it, Yeah. weirdly. But it's so funny, because you're right, it's because I would never have even thought to do it 
the way that everyone else in theatre would potentially, like theatre, yeah. theatre would have practised, would have thought to do that. And I would never have thought to approach it like that because I, I don't operate in those ways. Yeah. But actually it was so valuable. And what ended up happening was it just ran so smoothly and worked so beautifully and I think it's because we got the chance to kind of really play and manipulate that space mm. but I it's interesting you said that's the only way and it's like I would never have even thought of doing that mm. in the first place mm. <laughs> yeah. I'd have kind of done weird rough sketches not even to scale because my math skills are appalling <laughs> and just tried to visualize it and how it might yeah, operate. Yeah I mean that works, that works to an extent obviously but without the, the scaling then you, you just well, cause when you plan things that go into a space and yeah. then you go, oh, they don't fit. And, and it's because then... we were tight, yeah. yeah we had no a, time. Yeah, we had to get in and get it done. But like one of your one of your strengths is during performance, you're happy to improvise. You're yeah. happy within yourself to, you know, mm. make decisions on the fly. That mm. it's not your strength to do things like Nigel does them. That's no, why, of course not. Well, that's why you work so well together, to yeah. be honest. And this <clears> is the thing as well. It's because you are so lost. And I, I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, you are so lost in... The, the thought process of creating the work. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we talk a lot about yeah. your process because, you know, I need to understand what you mean in order to translate it into a visual medium for the posters that I create. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's... My briefs are appalling as well often. I come to you with the most... <laughs> I never come with an actual brief ever. No, I'm just kind of like... An, an actual... But, but that is because you are <clears throat> focusing on the performance alone. Yeah. So it's my job to know exactly what your performance is trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Then interpret it for other people who don't know you. Yeah. And to try to give them that access. Yeah. To try and say, this is what the show is. This is the spirit of the show. Because we never want to spoil the show for anybody. No. So we can't represent the show on the poster, truly. Yeah. It's all about representing the spirit of the, the show. The spirit of it. And actually, that's it's so interesting that you say that. Because, Nigel, that's kind of what you do as well. Because... Sometimes I can get really caught up in, once I get into the black box space, once I get into a rehearsal space, once I get into the room, or even just sometimes with the mechanics of, for me, the way, the the ethics that drive the actual process of the performance itself, I can get very caught up in that and not really think about how to articulate that to a producer or to an audience mm. to get people in, and that's something you... It's very hard to just, any with any of this work, to sum it up. Yeah. succinctly well, without explaining everything so yeah you can't you can't do a premise you can't just yeah, you can't do an you elevator can't just, pitch of these yeah, shows you can't chuck yeah. that out because it just no. doesn't work and that's what producers want yeah of course well of course because they need to they need to be able to be sold the concept quickly so they want to tell me in 150 you know, words is what it always see, is in a lot of ways me and Nigel have the same job from the different from a different side and that yeah, is yeah. to interpret your performance so it's like you are the engine that creates the show and me and Nigel support have and I ever, interpret. Have I ever told you my Shrek analogy? Oh, what's that? My Shrek analogy. Well, well, Shrek and all those kind of animated family films, they work on two levels. They specifically work on two levels. You've got the kind of the in-jokes for the parents. Like with Shrek, you've got the Matrix thing. And, and all the adult You've got the, the adult things and the, the gingerbread man being tortured and the way he's tortured. Yes. It's like, little kids aren't going to get that because little kids just want the fart jokes. Yes. So Joe does all of the uh, jokes to keep the adults happy while watching it. <laughs> and I deal with the fart jokes. <laughs> so I make sure that... <laughs> You know, that yeah, it's that it's relatable. So it's more relatable, and I'm not then basically yeah. saying anybody, everybody likes his children or anything. But you, you and there that, are those, that's my analogy. I, I I like it. There are those discussions, aren't there? Because sometimes there'll be something that I think is 
super important because of the integrity of the dramaturgy of yeah. the event. Yeah. And sometimes it really is a negotiation of, and you always really probe as to, well, what are you actually trying to achieve there? Yeah, I do give you a bit of a hard time. And I think this is why it's important that because... I mean, oh, Amelia, you know, we're best friends. Yeah. We've known each other for a ridiculous amount of time. A ridiculous time. amount of time. And I can call you out on what I consider to be lazy thinking. Yeah. But it's easy to get caught up yeah, yeah. In, in that idea. Like... Because it's head down and in it. Well, it's because it's what feels right at the time yeah. when these things begin. Yes. And, and like, for instance, this show, that yeah. you know, I mean, okay, it's... It's like, oh, you know, you've only got, you've got less than a month to actually do all the building for it. But yeah. the show itself has been in process for years. For years, yeah. The first time we talked about this idea, and it was nothing like it is now. No, God, no. Right? But the concept behind it, the thought behind it, was years ago. And years at ago. that time, you hadn't questioned yourself. But I'm like a mirror. <clears throat> like, yeah. you'll, talk, you'll talk at me, and I'll talk back to you, but I'm just literally reflecting your ideas back at you. You know, yeah. I mean this in the nicest way. That's a terrifying mirror. Yes. <laughs> if mirror talks back to me, I'm running away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's interesting the way it works. So I'll have, um, it's usually on a Saturday or a Sunday, you yeah. and I will talk to the point where the phone, landline phone. A cordless landline phone runs out of Runs battery. out of battery and we have to then go to mobiles, <laughs> yeah. which then usually run out of battery too. So we normally have, I would say normally between four and six hour conversations yeah, on, on a very regular basis. On average, yeah. Yeah. You should just get headsets, man. <clears throat> Bluetooth headsets. Yeah, we should do. I don't know you why like, we have. You like walk around and do things as well, though. Uh, yeah, uh, hands free. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, why do we not do that? I don't know. Oh, God, we also don't, don't Skype, even... but then you're really trapped with Skype because you've got to be at the screen. Unless you. Whereas using on the phone, a you can headset. wander around. Yeah, I've got one of those, and you haven't. So oh. remember when we would Skype, and I'd walk away from the screen. Oh yeah. And you'd be like, oh, I can't. I'm trapped in the I'm office. Trapped here. I want to walk around. <laughs> You can't do it on Skype anymore, Kirsty, because I can't walk around. And then Nigel and I will then, so we'll have like huge conversations like that. And then Nigel and I will stand in our kitchen and have endless conversations in there. And so there's this kind of constant sort of feedback loop all the time Yeah. that goes between us. So although we're not in a room like this very often, mm. actually the transmission and the way that the work develops happens across all of these things and, and it all sort of passes weirdly through me those it's weird like it's the not that it vesely. passes through you you are the origin right you are the spring in which these ideas flow right it's yeah. not that the thing is is that really it's it's not to say that i'm absent from the process not at all no, no. but these these things come from you and they come from nigel mm. these are your stories your events they're not mine yeah but I, I'm a support character. Let's just say that. I'm well, you're our digital wizard. <laughs> I don't know if that just sounds terrible. I can come up with a better term for that. You know what? I'm just a Photoshop artist. Digital alchemy. <clears throat> that was it. it. Digital alchemy. You are digital alchemy. You do di digital alchemy. No, but like, I mean, you know, really, all I do is I do the logos, I do the posters, yeah. and I talk to you. But they are so important because they are what are the first contact audience have with the show. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Well, I mean, this is so interesting as well, because it's, it's one of the issues that we have been finding, and actually our need for things, the little container show, was exactly right for this. So 
you designed us a lovely logo for it when it first began as a kind of conceptual idea, which was very different to what actually ended up happening in the container. Oh, yeah, it's just got the same title. It's not <clears> the same thing. It's got the same title, but it's not the same thing. But we had to have kind of images. And then Nigel and I did a shoot uh, in my mum's garden. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Yeah, we're going to have to redo that. And then those posters did not remotely Work. really capture the mo <laughs> capture that shot. I mean, it was kind of lucky because we couldn't see many. We couldn't see 12 people anyway, so it didn't really sort of matter. But this is often the case, actually. Is Yeah, but you had less than a week to prep. Well, less than a week. So yeah. we were really on the hop. But we find this all the time that we're asked to have, we start with Brighton, registration everything comes so far before you've genuinely really started working on the piece properly so you're having to produce all the marketing material all that first contact with the audience often before the show's actually what it's finished. really going to be yeah. or finished well it's different when you just you you write a, a writer piece yeah. and then that piece is blocked out and then that piece is rehearsed <clears throat> yeah this yeah. is a bit more much more bespoke, fluid yeah i would say because you can react to pretty much any location. So. Well, any conditions that are put on us, and we're really good. I think that's one thing we're well, really good at is responding to that. My, yeah. my little gorilla immersion term, I like that. Yeah, I mean, everything this year is designed to fit in the car, yeah. in a box. It has to. Mm -hmm. It has to be absolutely that portable this year so that we can kind of get out and about and reach the audiences we want to reach, which is what All Cried Out is going to kind of really kickstart. We had some tentative R&D last year like with uh, yeah, the yeah, container with project little, and all of that uh, a piece down in the Coast Guard studios here in Portsmouth as well but this year's really about getting the work out and about so actually the work you're doing is going to become hugely important because this time we need and we want to connect with the audience and that artwork that artwork is the very first <laughs> I'm just passing the pug away from the microphone, sorry. I'll come under my blanket and actually dampen the noise a bit. Come on, boy. <laughs> come on, boy. The, um, yeah, so that artwork is the, some of the first contact. And it, it's so important because it gives the flavour of the show. It's what gets them even to want to come and see the show. Although the show, I hate that word. It's, it, it has... It, it has or whenever I say the word show, I think of sateen coming down on oh, yeah, yeah. on the swing and sparkles and and hats. Yeah, just in case you don't know what she's talking about, she's <laughs> talking about Moulin Rouge. Moulin yeah. Rouge. Yeah, you th you think of it as a show, show. as in a showy show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, obviously, it's not a show. It's an experience. It's a performance. Yeah. It's you know, it's <clears throat> a space. It's a circle yes. on the ground. If you think about it like that. It can be anything yeah. at any time. It's not a show, but show is a convenient word. It's a convenient word, yeah, I know. And it's an absolutely Everybody word. just uses it. And yeah. I always just make me go... If only I knew an academic who could redefine words. <gasps> oh, we might have one in our very presence. Maybe someone should write a little something. Yeah, maybe. I think I've made, made that joke to everybody I know now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and now to hopefully many people listening, but... Uh, Oh yeah, everyone I don't know as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, th the thing is, is you know, I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm not a professional artist. I'm a hobbyist, shall we say? Yeah. Um, but you are trained in you know post production, and you're trained in photography, and you are. No, I'm self taught in most yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. Like I did. And a, fabulous. A day, like. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yes, I am. Thank you is the answer. Yeah, the yes, I am. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Look, um, here's the thing. Uh, what I lack in professional flair, yeah, 
I gain working with you because I understand you. Yeah. No agency you go to will be able to do that. It's going to be able to interpret what you say to me. Because let's be very honest. When we talk on the phone, it is amorphous ideas. Yes, absolutely. You know, and after they're boiled down, mm. I know what you mean. Well, we have a huge shorthand. Yeah, because, huge because shorthand. of twenty years of friendship, that it's just a crazy. We're working together and doing all these shorthand, things. Shorthand, I mean, yeah. You know, uh, we have a similar pool of influences. Very much plus so. I. I also know what you love that I don't like. Yeah. And I'm able to interpret what you mean because I know what you love and what you don't love. Yeah. What I love and what I don't love, what we share and what we don't. Yeah. You know, and that's as important. But it's, you know, what I, what I lack in, you know, 20 years of experience in graphic design or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I gain in knowing you well enough. Yeah. You know. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, isn't it? It's about reaching out and communicating with an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And this brings me on to kind of that idea of there is a massive tension and issue with this kind of work because you want people to come. Of course, we want people to come because we want to share the experiences that we're generating. But what we also don't want to do is give anything away about that experience because it's about the experience. Yeah. I mean, it's worse than... (laughs) It's just like, well, it's worse than spoiling a narrative. Yes. Right, because, you know, spoilers are bad. Yes. <laughs> right, let's face it. Nobody likes to be spoiled on things. Um, I mean, some weird people might, but, you know, yeah, yeah. most of us don't. Um, but once a narrative has been spoiled, okay, we can still maybe enjoy the film, enjoy yeah. the TV show, yeah. enjoy that process of watching that narrative, even though we know how it's going to end. Yeah. We can still enjoy the journey. The problem is with creating liminal spaces is you are trying to put people into a certain mindset yeah. that if it's ruined for them, they cannot experience it as it comes. They cannot be present the way you need them to be present. Exactly. Because they're expect it, their expectation. They have expectation, yeah. Yeah. And if you come into that space with too much expectation, yeah. it's a problem. So you need to lay that groundwork, lay that atmosphere so they're not surprised by the tone. Yes, yes, exactly. But it's not all give about away tone. what is exactly happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is a huge challenge. And it's not just a, ha- a challenge in terms of generating marketing material. It's also been, and I know me and Nigel have talked about this a lot just recently, it's a ridiculously huge challenge for trying to persuade people and producers and arts industry professionals to book shows as well. It's, it's always a huge tension mm. in that respect, I think. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we, recently, about how do you... How do you tell it in a nutshell? How do you have an elevator pitch? Yeah. How do you have a line? How do you persuade and explain the value of this to a producer or arts industry professional? Well, unfortunately, that's that's one of the things we were bemoaning, is, is, is that's the problem with the corruption of the word immersive. Yes. Right, because immersive is a buzzword currently that sells. Yeah. yeah. Right, which is important because you need to acquire space in order to put these shows on. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's half the problem. Yeah. You need, to, like, in, you know, because you're doing... Um, like festivals currently, yeah, yeah, and to get on the bill in those festivals, you know, but you need to put that word in, and that's the buzzword. Yeah. But what you do is actual massive theatre, you know, that's your specialty. That's your, I mean, that's everything, yeah, yeah. right? But the majority of stuff out there that use that word are not immersive, yeah, in the slightest. Yeah, they use that word to sell, and now the meaning of that word has become watered down. Yeah. And that's I think I think especially with the um, the rise of 
and the further rise of VR, mm. especially the, the term immersive, is going to become very, very muddy. Yeah, it is. Because big. everything is going with VR is big, is immersive. It's massive. And, you know, that it's not like there aren't enough crossover vocab words between games and yeah. immersive theatre already. Yeah. yeah. It's already pretty muddy. <clears throat> mm. And it's so frustrating for me because, you know, I spent many years of my life and 120,000 words explaining this phenomena that I'd kind of come across and no one was really talking about. And I literally hunt the work down, travelling all over the country to kind of hunt the work down. Um, Then I lift my head at the end and go, oh, shit. Everyone's calling this kind of stuff now that now it's because it's just exploded right at the end of my PhD. Immersive. And I was like, well, I've just spent... (laughs) <laughs> the last four years, uh, calling it participative performance, bugger. So for me, it's got that, even that, that more double-edged, even as a scholar, I'm kind of like, oh, darn. Because, I mean, <laughs> the problem is, it's participative. Participative, it's an awful word. Yeah, I know. no, it's a te- it's, it is a terrible word choice, and you, you are more than aware of that now, but it was the only thing at the time that was really describing what you were finding. Well, I was trying to articulate something that no one was talking about. Yeah, and also immersion doesn't cover it. No. Immersion really doesn't cover what liminality is. No. I mean, honestly. But does do the people at home know what liminality is? Um, so liminality is... Um, Probably not. Uh, a space that is betwixt and between is the way that Victor Turner, who came up with the term, describes it. So it's actually an anthropology term. Um, and he was away looking at tribes and indigenous uh, peoples. And of course, they have lots of rituals where they go from one state to another. And it describes the, the space between being one state and another. The best way of thinking about it in terms of our culture uh, is when a couple get married and, and, and social rituals like that. So you go from being, I don't know, Nigel and Joe, you go through a process, yeah. you go through this liminal site, you cross the threshold and then you become Mr. and Mrs. Mr. And, Mrs. and you're yeah. forever. I mean, it, nothing really changes a great deal for the man in that respect, but for a woman, that's quite a significant yeah, only, social transition. Only by name. The point by name. is, is yeah. the space. Is the space is, it is just literally a space. <clears> like, like when you're at a um, registry office, this yeah. isn't a temple, this isn't a place of worship. No. Right, but the registry office itself is a liminal space. It's a liminal space because yeah. it's betwixt and between. But the idea is that the crossroads doesn't just represent the idea that you could go any which way. Mm-hmm. When you stand in the centre of a crossroad, right, you are neither north, south, east, west. You are in the middle of all of it. And all of it, You yeah. have the potential to go anywhere. Yeah. Plus, the crossroads is traditionally where you make dodgy bargains with certain supernatural creatures. Indeed. So, the idea is that it is a place where almost it's magically ambivalent. Yes. It's neutral entirely. Yeah. And so, almost anything could happen. Yes. Yeah, you know. It's and transformational and it's that that's the key about yeah. liminality is it isn't always transformational but it is the potential yeah of radical transformation like, like everything exists in potential in that space in that moment because yeah. the usual rules of that social space or that particular space that you're aware of don't apply anymore they've been bent or broken in such in that a way moment that is inviting change yes transformation transformation yeah and so that's where we operate with our work so why don't we talk about this show then? So, all cried out. Um, how how long ago was it that this? I mean, this was several years ago now. What we were talking about. 
yeah. begin, where this began. I mean, I actually, very interestingly, I was thinking about it the other day, and we're kind of obviously we're starting to really get into the nitty gritty of it and put it all together. Um, it actually started with life is big, bad body, mine. Yes. Yeah. Actually, which was I don't even know how many years ago now, but three. No. Four. Is it three? No, when did I have the surgery? Four years ago. Well, I was 30, so four years. Yeah, so four years. And actually, so that's what it started life as. And it's kind of evolved and bubbled and evolved and bubbled. And then we got given this opportunity to perform in the Collab Factories Festival of Immersive Performance. And we were like, this is a really wonderful opportunity to do something a little bigger scale than we've been doing. By bigger scale, I mean having two audiences instead of one. Yeah. <laughs> two audience members instead of one. Yeah, and two performers. Well, three, no, maybe it's, three it's performers. Still, it's still within the same kind of yeah. scale, I think. But it's slightly differently, the <clears throat> space is slightly differently sliced up. Yes. We're having to... Without giving too much away. Yes. We're going to be on at the same time as another show. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be negotiating and moving around that. No, but I'm talking about your space. Yeah. Your performative space is sliced up a little bit differently. Yes. Yeah, you're not just sharing the building with somebody else. Like, you know, because you're really, like, traditionally, not traditionally, but within your own work. Yeah. You've generally open, you've been like an open space performance. Yes, yes. So and like, this is not going to be that. Yeah. This is going to be processual, so it's going to be kind of accumulative as an experience that will have a beginning, middle, event and an end. Event versus event versus event. Yeah. yeah. So it, it stacks up across the evening yeah. for the audience. And again, this is really hard because I'm trying to be insightful but vague because of course I don't want to give too much away. And Nigel is actually going to be performing as well this time. Um, Nigel has performed before. We did a show back in uh, Plymouth at the Barbican Festival, one of our very early pieces back in 2005, and Nigel played a transvestite in this kind of weird little <laughs> interactive installation yeah. that we did yes. with his head yeah, kicked in. Yeah, but that in. was a very short, that was a very that short. Was, that was pre-beard, so. It was yeah. pre-beard. Pre-beard, <laughs> pre-beard. yeah. Um, yeah, and you are, you are like, you know, a pretty man, so. I wasn't in that. Oh, yeah. I do not make a good track. You have brilliant actually. legs and they looked very good in fishnets <laughs> and yeah. heels. But I'm, I'm the a rest biased. Of me didn't. I'm yeah. biased. You of are course. biased. Yeah, so. of course you are. But you, you performed in Wishbox as well. I did. Yeah, yeah. and you performed in Wishbox too. So you've taken on kind and of. And Siren Song. And Siren Song. Siren Song, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do loads. I'm, I'm, was that, I'm seasoned. Was Siren Song the first poster I did for you? Was that the first one? Yes, it was. It was the very first one. I've still got loads of the postcards because they're beautiful. Thank you. And I, do, I give them out to producers and stuff as well because they want to see like old work and old stuff that we do and they look so nice. Or so. as some people call it previous work. Previous not work. old work. Old work. <laughs> or not old work. Not old yeah. work we used to do. <laughs> so, all no, but we were still finding our feet back then. Yeah, like, it, absolutely. And I think we're always going to be just finding our feet because we are... Because what we do is so experimental and because what we do is so contingent on... because. Again, without the audience, nothing will happen. Yeah, there won't it, be a show. But what's weird about that is, like, even back then, you were still saying, Nigel, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just stepping in. I'm, I'm just, just stepping, stepping in. in. Actually, we've in. just realised you've performed in pretty much every, every show. show. I Well, I mean, the reality is I, I stepped in a lot, so I guess it was like, yeah. well, I might as well just do more. <laughs> but this year, you actually was a shift because... No, no, this year we, we at made the end of the a, year, you a said, conscious choice last year to do more and... To Things be like central. So, yeah. It is funny, you're right though, you've been in every single show, but you've always kind of stepped in to help me out. And this time we've had a massive change in... Yeah. You've said, 
because we've realised you're, you're not just stepping in to help me yeah, out. This is what we've done. Half of this show is devised by you. Yes. So it's not. It's not like you're stepping in to perform. No. You know this. You're. You've been involved from the very beginning. Very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's mm. Mm. Come on. This, yeah. No, this is an expansion of another thing. So. Well, uh, this actually leads nicely to try to start to explain it a little. So, all cried out is an hour long ish interactive piece and for the audience it's at moments will be one-on-one at moments will be one audience member with another audience member and one audience member with maybe a couple of performers but never all together or separately but the big thing is is there are two uh parallel experiences happening exactly the same time and it's a story a real mine and nigel's story actually and when you get a ticket you either buy a ticket for his story or her story and they, they are genuinely, it's the same story, but from entirely different perspectives. It's the same story, but gender, told gender specifically. Yeah. And we're not saying that women not, should buy a ticket not to do the women's gender one. gender specifically. Exactly. And so it's a story of us, I can say this because this will be on all the marketing material. Yeah, so yeah, it's you a, can sell it over us on the blurb. Yeah, it's the story of mine and Nigel's struggle to conceive which has been long and arduous and involved surgeries and miseries and I don't want to give too much of that away but it's been hard and it's ongoing and what we try to do is give you access to our perception of how those things have have happened and how those things have affected us from our two different perspectives because we have a very different perspective on those stories and, and our story and the experiences that we've had. And so it's about giving the audience access to that. And so you can come and, of course you can come and do both if you want to, but you have to choose. You have to choose whether you, whether, because I will be calling you in to my story and Nigel will be calling you out. To his. To his. And so it's this parallel stories that are the same story, but told, or not even told, experienced I, I think this one is a bit more told than a li- more told than we have done before but still but it's, it's still not narrative no it's not it's, it's not, not narrative, narrative no. it's, it's about sharing a it's a sharing yeah it's about sharing something and you'll have to do like the invitation is to come and we prepare you to do something with us and I can't be any more uh, specific specific no, don't, than don't that be any more specific and that's fine and so there's a mix of audio um really intimate audio experience and there's a mix of genuinely getting your hands dirty my only advice would be don't wear something wear something you don't mind potentially getting a little bit grubby a little bit grubby just just a wee bit grubby a wee bit grubby yeah but it's not definitely grubby and don't wear heels the collab factory is not set up for glamour. It's not set up for glam. No. <laughs> Unless you are a a absolute whiz in in heels, which I'm not. <laughs> I can't run for the bus in them or manage cattle grates in them. But if you are someone who can, absolutely kudos to you. And you are more than welcome to come in high heels, whether you're male or female. <laughs> if you can walk in heels like that, well done. Because I can't. <laughs> I would have to come in sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> or wellies. <laughs> I really like wellies. I know. <laughs> but they break a lot. 
I know that too. So that is what we're all working on at the moment. And See, what kind of fascinates me about this show is that it is different than what you've done before on many it levels. Is. Many levels. It's much more exposing than anything we've done before. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, what's, what's kind of wonderful about it is that, you know, it's two very different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, it's unlike what you've done before because, like, like I've said, you know, a few times, it's like... You know, me and Nigel often spend a lot of our time interpreting your will, if you like, as a creator. Yeah, yeah. And really, this is the first time where We've, you know you've given up half of the show to somebody else, which is an incredibly achievement for you. Yeah. Considering how much of a control freak you are. Yeah, exactly. And not in a bad no, way. no, entirely, entirely. Not in a bad way at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, but it's you do insist on having complete creative control, yeah, which yeah. is why you're absolutely sure that. You know the shows have, you know, uh, in that they have value for research purposes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, but with this one, you've let go of the reins a little bit because yeah. you're willing to give up a little bit of perhaps that you yeah. know research value. But I think it's because to I, put value into the show. But I think it's because over the last year, I've really managed to, and I think we've talked about this a lot again, Nigel, as well. Is what we've all come to realise is we really have hit on a dramaturgy that operates in ways that excite all of us and interest all of us and for me has mm-hmm. huge value it's given me huge insight and generated loads of new knowledge for me so now what we're doing is we're playing in that dramaturgy and really exploring exploring it, it. Mm. because i think we feel and maybe that's why i feel much more confident about going actually i think we we've i've spent a long time but i think we've, we've, we've found really, we've really come across um a playful space a, a good way of, of doing this kind of excuse me, this kind of level of performance and this kind of yeah. number of people. I think, it, to be honest, it's the end of the R&D for yeah. phase for this kind of uh, numbers, basically. Because that's what we, we said yeah. originally. We yeah. were going to work out exactly how to make one-on-one performance really touching. Yeah. Or, or micro-performance, which is your term. And you're an academic, so you're allowed to I am, terms. yeah. Um, so this kind of micro-performance, in this case, is a mixture of audio and one-on-one one experience and, and um, on one, some yeah. kind of thing <laughs> some kind of thing that happens at some point during the thing there you go that's vague enough right that's, I know <laughs> it always, ma- always makes us sound so poncy but some it's like kind of we're not telling thing. you because if you come we want you to have an, a, 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 a genuinely fresh experience, fresh experience. Yes. Mm. yeah um, what was I saying I can, cut out, I can cut out the bit of what was I was saying <laughs> that's fine <laughs> that we found I think we have hit on a really interesting way of creating genuine agency, creating genuine efficacy, and maybe that's why I feel much more comfortable now in saying, okay, I think we have found a really interesting form that yeah. is no, significant. We've, uh, yeah, we've really, we've, I think we've really kind of hit the nail on the head with that. So, and I, know, I know that's slightly self-aggrandizing, but still, no. I think mm-hmm. it... No, it's, it's not self-aggrandizing because you've spent, what, years perfecting this at yeah. this point? And let's let's be honest on you know paying for everything yourself. Yeah. You know, no funding, <laughs> none of this stuff. I mean, basically, no. it's it's through passion. Yeah. This work is funded through you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. You know, ultimately. Bloody mindedness. Like none of us has made any money out any of, money out of this, and costs us money. <laughs> yeah. No, it costs us money to put these shows on. Yeah. You know, it costs you a lot of money, um, but it's it's also a massive time cost. But the point is, is that what you gain out of it. You know, all the hard work that's been... Every show that you've put on, every, you know... (laughs) 
I was going to say every every couple of hundred quid, but it's more than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, every every pound that you put down, every every you know, everything that you've explored, all of that adds up to what is going on now, which is yeah. literally the most exciting this work has been. I know. I you mean, know? we've taken up to this point. It was all about R and D, so it's really about us trying to find the form. Yeah. Now we have. Mm-hmm. Now we really want to well, invite audiences really, into it. Now you're really free, because yeah. you know, like, like you were saying, <laughs> you know, you've got to a point now where you're you have confidence in this show. Right? Yeah, you've got to have confidence in each other as creative partners. But it's also, you know, this invitation is for real. Like you're standing there and you're not f- this. You know, it's not. I'm me. He's him. Yeah, we're really us, and we're asking you to come as you. Am I really me? Yeah, you're you sure. Really, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm very no, confident. I'm <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's I'm exposing, kidding. and it's risk taking, and it's it's dangerous. It, I don't Emotion- mean. I mean, not emotionally, emotionally dangerous yeah, in, you, in that yes. way. Yes, it is. It but is. actually, we you know we spent a long time developing this dramatically, and now it's time to really give it over to the audience. And again, as ever with all of our work. It can't happen if no one comes. Oh. It won't happen if no one comes. And that's what's exciting. Because it's what happens between you and I as an audience member. It's what happens between the audience member and Nigel in that moment. And it will never be the same for anyone else ever again. Even if you came again, you probably wouldn't have the same experience mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah. And I think that would be... And so what, I guess what I'm saying is we hope... That now we've really found this form that people will come. We'll be excited to come. We'll be excited actually. to come. Yeah. Because I'm excited. And, and then the researcher in me says, this will be amazing to actually get this out to real people. Yeah. To get it out of these tiny, small spaces we've had to be able to develop the work. And get it out to real... Well, out of theory. You know, out of into theory, practice. into practice. Yeah. Because researchers practice. Yeah, it's what you're all about. I mean, Absolutely, honestly. and so I'm so, I'm Practices I'm research, ridiculously anyway. excited. I, we've got a crazy three weeks ahead of us, a crazy three weeks ahead of us. But I'm genuinely excited to be st- waiting to be stood in Kyla Factory and the first person to come in, and I'm looking forward to that. Nigel looks utterly terrified right now. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I was just thinking I might start sitting down. Oh yeah, I yeah, I, yeah we'll, I like we'll see. <laughs> Standing's hard. Like sitting's easy. But it's all. It will all be a convergence. It's all a convergence of the three people sat around this little coffee table right now. <laughs> That's made this kind of come to. But what is so interesting is we work so hard to create this pregnant scenario, and all the work that's gone into it, all the years, all the things that we do, really will come to nothing until someone comes and inhabits it. Yeah. Until someone comes and plays in it. It's almost like the person coming in is like putting the coin in the machine. The automata begins. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But every time is a different... Every time is different. It's a, a different experience, absolutely. And so for all of us, yes, it's a crazy three weeks. Got to get this all this stuff made, get this show done. But we are entirely reliant on there being an audience. You know, if you're doing uh, an end-on show and you do it to two people, you're going to do it regardless. We literally... Uh, have something that needs to be inhabited and if no one comes to inhabit it it kind of won't happen well that's the difference and the unique you know the u- yeah. the USP if you like of this particular performance because unlike you know your 
stage performances, yeah. you know, um, if the theatre is empty, the show can go on. Yeah, and yeah. will. Yeah, and will go on, right? But with you, it's like, with these performances, these types of performances, that they're, they're all fueled by the audience, entirely fueled by the entirely. audience. So I guess... Um, in some ways, it hopefully has intrigued you. Uh, hopefully, you'll be excited and spread the word and come down yourself if you can't come down because it's in London. Um, tell everyone you know who might be interested to come, but we're really excited mm -hmm. and we really hope that London audiences who are into this kind of work come and respond. And of course, we are not the only piece of this type of work going on at the Colab Factory. There's going to be, there's a whole season and it's already started actually. So get onto Colab's website and have a look because there's so many different types of work. There's performance games going on there. There's pieces of immersive theater. There's pieces of horror theater. And, and what we do, which we haven't quite described what it is yet, but <laughs> our show, as well and um so come along and yeah, tell all, everybody about it all cry out. everybody who makes this work everybody i know who makes this kind of work and everyone who's going to be part of this season do this pretty much off their own backs and with very little funding and support and this is bertie watkins who owns colab factory kind of throwing open this little gem of a place he has and letting you get at it and that is really exciting so please support us even if it's just by telling someone about it that so would be amazing it's an incredible um, achievement actually putting this sort of thing together and he should be proud of himself really absolutely and yeah. we are really pleased to be invited to be a part of this and we're really looking forward to doing it so end of march 2017 all cried out at collab factory the website is all on that under so even if you don't come to, to see this show at least you know yeah think about going to something because it'll be worth it and go and have a look it'll be something you won't see anywhere else that's for sure no matter what you'll go to see you won't see it anywhere else indeed <laughs> <laughs> right uh, I think that is a really good place for us to sort of draw our ramblings to a close. Yes. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this odd little mini-sode, extra little nugget. And um, I'm hoping there are going to be many, many more mm. to follow. Yes. So um, it's night time, so I'm going to say good night. And Nigel, do you want to say good night? Good night. And good night from Kirsty. Oh my god, it's like a blue Peter presenter. Oh my god. And good night from the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to stand as you know we play the. I, just, I never know. Anthem. I never. This is the hardest bit. I never quite know how to finish. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Bye. Um, I, actually, I already told Kirsty. I did. I tell you this story about when you did the um, the co, not co lab. Lab collective. Lab collective. Yeah. Lab collective. Yeah. Because I edit all these. Um, and I was actually sat in on that one because I happened to sort of be there with you. And it got to the end and you did your, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And then you stopped talking. You turned the recorder off and you kept talking to them because obviously we were in the same room. And my brain just got completely confused. It was like, why are you still talking? <laughs> this is the end. This is finished. Why is there still words? Because it was it because was I've done these so often. It was like my brain wouldn't accept the fact it had finished. There was, it there was, was like podcast extras. Was, yeah, was <laughs> yeah like, you got extras. There was podcast extras. My brain just going, yeah. this is confusing. I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> Well, to save any confusion, uh, in, a, in a moment or so, we're all just going to stop talking. Look, let's just go, why? Right. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>
Why are we so awkward? 